and welcome to the Pricing Queen podcast with me, Sally Farrant. Each week on the podcast, I'll be sharing pricing tips and strategies along with ways to improve the profit in your business. I've got a track record for helping companies get their heads around their business numbers, and now I'm here to show you how to start earning the money you deserve and become a pricing queen yourself. Welcome to the Pricing Queen podcast with me, Sally Farrant. Today, I'm talking about competitor pricing and benchmarking, dealing with scope creep and putting up your prices with existing clients. So let's get on with the show. So can I charge more than my competitors? I get asked this a lot. People talk to me a lot about whether they can charge more than their competitors. How do they benchmark themselves lots of people don't put their prices on the website and as you know I feel very strongly about prices on your website so please make sure you do put prices on your website um, and make sure it's it's clear to people but I think that benchmarking yourself is fine to a degree and I think that there is a point at which you shouldn't benchmark yourself against competitors partly because they are not you so in the world that we're in with small businesses the personal brand is really, really important. And it's all about you. So nobody's going to have exactly the same experience, background, knowledge, clients, and all that sort of thing. So what you are bringing is you. And part of that is sharing some of what makes you unique in your content and in your branding. So making sure that people understand why you're different And also, if you are more expensive than your competitors or your perceived competitors, why you are more expensive. So to actually talk about, you know, yes, I'm more expensive, but this is why and X, Y, Z is why I'm more expensive than someone else. And and also to offer something that's not so easily benchmarked. So it might be that you do social media management, but that actually you could have a twist on it and have packages that offer something slightly different from your competitors and therefore it's difficult to benchmark you against other people. It might be that you also say, well, actually, I'm not interested in doing social media for tiny micro businesses. I want to do it for these businesses and they need to have more money behind them because I want to have the strategy doing and and that sort of thing. So think about who your actually your ideal customer is and what they might be looking for from you to see what the pricing is. And particularly, I think if you're more expensive, then you need to be clear why you're more expensive, particularly in a market where there is more kind of commodity pricing. Um, but make sure that you are also not too cheap. So competitive pricing, I think, is a really good way to look at and see that you're not too cheap because I think it's much easier to be too cheap than it is to be too expensive in lots of ways. And I think if you're benchmarking yourself, you know, you're looking at what somebody else in your business might charge. If you're charging significantly less, people often think that that you're not very good or that you're new at it. And be careful because you've got corporate background. You've got a huge corporate background sometimes and you forget you start your own business in the same sort of area and suddenly you forget that you've got all this experience. But, you know, I have 20 odd years of corporate experience and that brings a huge amount of value to my small business clients because I've worked in businesses which are much more complicated and I can I can kind of simplify it for the small business and that works really really well because I've seen a lot of stuff and I've seen a lot of different scenarios so do think about 
whether you can whether you need to price yourself against a competitor and make yourself as unique as you can. So then I want to talk about how to put prices up with existing clients. So your existing clients are often perceived as the most difficult to put your prices up with. If it's a new client, you just say, well, here are my new prices. And they don't know what anybody else is being charged and you just put your prices up. Um, as Osman said in a previous episode, sometimes putting your prices up every five clients can be quite a good way to go just so that you kind of keep yourself moving. But with existing clients, it can be much more difficult. So to start with, I think you should always have something in your contract about being able to put your prices up. You may never do it, but I want you to have something in your contract that says I can do it at least annually. Remember as well that your existing clients don't want to lose you. They're not interested in changing the service that you provide to be with someone else. They've got to train you up. They've got to get sorted out. They've got to spend quite a lot of time getting you up to speed and they don't know if it's going to work and they've got a good relationship with you. So as long as you've got a good relationship with the client, there is no reason why they wouldn't accept a price rise. My other advice is to put your prices up regularly so that you're not putting it up by a massive amount every time. So you might put something up by two or three percent every time, 50 pounds here and there, but you're not putting it up by 300 quid or doubling their pricing package. Okay, because I think that it it becomes a difficult decision. You know, if you say to me, well, it's going to go up, you know, it's going to go up by 50 quid a month, you kind of go, well, okay, that's fine. But if it's going to go up by 200 quid a month, okay, well, actually, now I've got to make a decision about whether I still want to work with you. But if you put it up another 50 quid in, in a year's time, that's kind of fine. So try not to be putting your price up once in five years, because actually, it's much more difficult to do in that kind of really short burst um, like that. Um, whereas if you're putting them up regularly, people expect their prices to go up. And if they like you, they don't want to lose you. On the other hand, you might want to ditch a painful client. So ditching painful clients can be quite tricky. So there's kind of a couple of ways you can go about it. Either you put a price rise through, that basically means that they are worth being a pain in the backside. So uh, Jessica Lorimer calls this the pain in the ass tax. And if you put the price up enough that it would be worth it, even if they were a bit of a pain, then do that. So put the price up to be something much more, you know, to be that your most expensive client and do that um, and just inform them, you know, tell them there's three months and I'm going to do it in three months time. And if you're not happy with them, start going out there and getting another client at a higher price. So start getting out there, doing your sales leads, doing your business development to get new clients so that you can then ditch the existing client. And then you just give them a month's notice or whatever your contractual terms are and say, I'm now busier and I can't can't keep you on. Or you just say, it's been lovely working for you, but my business is going in a different direction. Um, you don't have to give a reason why you don't want to work with people anymore. It's polite to say I'm now going in a different direction or something, but you don't have to give lots of reasons why you're why you're not wanting to work with someone anymore. Um, it's your business. It's your choice. And don't work with clients that that send you red flags at the beginning. So when you, if you're so kind of feeling that it's not quite right when right from the word go, it probably isn't quite right. So trust your instincts with it, and either put them at a make them expensive so that they're worth it. 
or just politely decline the work and you just say, I'm too busy. You know, it's very easy. You just say, I don't have capacity for you at the moment. It's very easy to do. Okay. Don't keep painful clients for longer than you have to. But if you've got painful clients and can't really afford to get rid of them, then I want you to go away and get another client to replace them at a higher price so that you can you can say to them, I'm sorry, but I my business is not not going in this direction anymore. Okay. Scope creep is the other thing that often happens in particularly projects, but even in kind of retainer jobs and things like that, you know, you you can end up feeling like you're part of the team, you're getting quite involved, you're going for lunch, you're doing all those things. But actually, you're not being compensated for all the extra bits and pieces because people have forgotten that basically you're not an employee. So they start treating you like an employee, which is on the one hand really nice. um, And on the other hand, is not ideal because actually you're not being paid for all of the hours that you're doing. And I think it's being really careful that, you know, and the same is true on projects, that you're not just doing more and more work because actually what happens is then for the number of hours that you're actually doing you're massively diluting your price and you can end up you know what seems like earning less than the minimum wage if you're doing loads and loads of extra hours that are basically for free because you're not getting paid more so I think it's really important to mention gently the first time it happens so don't leave it the first time it happens I want you to go and just say you know what Unfortunately, we've gone, you know, this is now, this is not really within my remit. This is not something that I've done. Would you like me to, you know, this time I'm going to let it go. But next time I will have to kind of charge you for it. And I think that's absolutely fine. You could also, one of the other things you can do is offer to um, scope out that piece of work. If it looks like it's going to be an ongoing thing or a biggish part of what piece of work, then you might say, well, okay, fine. Um, I'll scope for that piece of work and I'll price it separately. But I think it's very important that you don't allow what's called scope creep to massively impact on what you're earning because this client can just keep taking more and more time and you're not raising it with them. I'm really big on boundaries. I'm sure you've heard me talk about them already. But I I have a really big thing about boundaries and I think it's incredibly important to have really strict boundaries with clients because if you don't, they won't have boundaries with you. So you you are totally responsible for the boundaries you have with your client. And it's so important that you establish those boundaries and it's not up to the client. The client will just decide that they'll just keep on pushing and pushing and pushing. You know, think of people that you deal with, you just message them or email them when it suits you the fact that they don't respond is not they respond or otherwise is is up to them but you just do it when you're working you know I'm often working early in the morning I might message my virtual assistant you know I don't expect her to respond but if she does that's that's kind of her boundaries on it as well so I think it's really important to establish your own boundaries about what is acceptable and what isn't and making sure that you flag it when clients go beyond those boundaries um, and scope creep might be that they're, you know, they want you available at weekends and they want you available in the evening and they want you to respond really quickly. Get all that written down and have a kind of agreement that is my hours of work are 10 till 3 every day. I don't work in the holidays. You know, whatever it is, 
but I don't work weekends and I don't work evenings. You know, you have to be, and I think, you know, you have to spell it out. I get contracts from people all the time now that say, these are my working hours and I don't deviate from them. And then it's incumbent on you not to deviate from them. So it might be that you draft up a response to an email the same day, but actually, or at six o'clock in the morning, but you've said your working hours are kind of nine till three. So that's when you respond. So it's just setting things out in the right way from the beginning with clients and not allowing them to kind of walk all over you because they kind of don't know what they, they often don't know what the boundary is. So, you know, unless you set it, they won't know. So I hope this episode has been useful. All of this information and a bit more is in my new pricing toolkit, which all the details are in the show notes. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Pricing Queen podcast with me, Sally Farrant. Please do leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. It really helps spread the word and get more people listening. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at the Pricing Queen, or one word, where I share more tips and advice on how to make more money in your small business. See you next time, Pricing Queens. Thank you.